Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Have you got to the point where you're really ready to stop drinking? Can you admit, hand on your heart, that you cannot moderate and there is no point forcing yourself around and around the Ferris wheel? Do you want to get sober but don't know where to start? Or do you wish that you could get some positive results this time? In my private membership group, Thrive, you will find the recipe to get and stay successfully sober. Thrive offers wonderful support, guidance on how to start, how to get past specific challenges, and it also includes weekly Zoom meetings. There are many people that have joined Thrive on day one, and now they're celebrating milestones they've never achieved before. Visit www.sassysobermum.com thrive for more info or to sign up. Hello and welcome to Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I've got Becky from Leeds and she's 133 days sober. Thank you so much, Becky, for joining me today. Hi. <laughs> so Becky's actually one of my Thrive ladies as well. So really looking forward to this chat. Um, I know quite a lot of the story. Uh, maybe not some of the really deep, you know, the backstory, but I obviously have been involved in quite a bit of your sober time and you've been doing so well. And I just know that you're going to add loads and loads of value uh, today for other people. And I'm really excited to have you on the show. So why don't we just kind of get to know who you are a little bit. So why don't you tell us a bit about you and what you like doing and all that stuff? Yeah, no problem. Um, So I live in Leeds. I'm 32. Um, I work for my dad um, as a practice manager in an architect practice. Um, I don't really have, because when I've listened to like previous podcasts you've done, everyone's got like a massive inspirational story and background. So I don't necessarily have that. But um, yeah, I can, I'm excited to kind of talk about my journey. But um, before... I stopped drinking. I, de- I was basically a party animal on a weekend. So I worked Monday to Friday and then just partied kind of all weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah. since I stopped drinking, I've started going on like more walks and climbing, like loving going to the Dales on trips, like weekends away and going on walks and things like that. And just, I just love being around my friends, really. Um, I don't have any kids. I'm not married. So I don't have any responsibilities got my whole, my own house so yeah just loving life <laughs> I love that and I think that's that's quite refreshing for this podcast as well because we we don't often get to talk to people that are perhaps in your stage of life you know yeah. and you know haven't maybe um you know got the kids yet or any of that sort of stuff and I think there is a lot of a lot to be said for stopping alcohol in the kind of hardcore party years is what I would call yeah. it because you know at 32 I was still I was doing exactly what what you said you were doing yeah. I was working a week and then 
going mental at the weekend, basically. Yeah, that was my attitude. Yeah, that's right. And so I think to, um, whilst I think back then I wanted to step out of that, I found that incredibly difficult. And I'm really, you know, you say your story is quite straightforward, but I think I'm already inspired by the fact that you made that leap into sobriety kind of at at this age so yeah. um yeah so anyway let's let's dive into it so why don't you describe your life with alcohol what did that look like so I've had like a I've had a really good upbringing I'd say like really normal um and then I've grown up with my parents I've always drank on weekends so I'll work hard through the week and then they'd always drink on a weekend so I've kind of been brought up to that that's just the norm for me um, and then when I was about 15, I played for like the local girls football team. Um, and then I met really good friends with the, the football team and they was all, we all started drinking together. It was the first time I was ever introduced to alcohol. Um, and it was disgusting. <laughs> I remember the first time I tried it, I was like, this is disgusting, but you just do it because everyone else is doing mm-hmm. it. And then you start, because then you start getting drunk and you're like, oh, this is fun, all the parties. Um, so I'd say from the age of 15, I started drinking um and that was like every Friday and Saturday. Um I didn't tell mum and dad because I thought they didn't they didn't know. I thought they're gonna they're gonna kill me, but they, they knew I were doing it, but they weren't bothered. Um and then we're at kind of college and stuff. And then when I went to uni, that's when it kind of went spiraling a bit out of control, really. So obviously uni's inevitably it's drink, 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 drink mm-hmm. all the time. Um but that's when I started getting really bad anxiety. So I was always like the most confident person ever and I'd talk to anyone. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shy or anything like that. And then went to uni and I started getting like social anxiety. I don't know if it's because I had to move away like last minute without realising I wasn't meant to go to uni and move out and I had to um, because I didn't get my grades. So I just had to go through clearance. And then because um, my social anxiety was so bad, I kind of then started using it. I used alcohol as like a crutch mm. and depended on alcohol to kind of get me through. So not not like during the day, I didn't drink during the day, but on like the student nights out, I'd go out and get absolutely smashed where I couldn't remember anything, but purely for the purpose of, so I'd still be drunk the next day to be able to have the confidence to go to like uni and lectures mm. and like socialise with people. So I started... Yeah, really bad. I got like depressed, got really bad anxiety, and I, I just used the alcohol to kind of get me through. And it were, I didn't tell anyone about it because I thought it wasn't really like well known, like depression and anxiety at that point. It were, I just, I didn't even know what it was, to be honest. I just thought, oh, I'm weird. And I just kind of used the alcohol to get through it, really. And then um, I think because of that, I picked up a really bad habit of. If I've got a drink in my hand, I drink it fast because that's what I used to do. And it's like ingrained in me just to do it. Um, so, yeah, I don't think since I've turned sober, I don't think I realised how bad my anxiety was. Like, I wouldn't go to social events unless I knew it had a bar there or I could, I could drink alcohol. Just because I was petrified of being in that environment and it was just like, it was just completely like the opposite to what my personality was like. So, I, I think I used alcohol well abused it really for just to get through kind of that period of time but um I'd say I picked up the bad since that time anxiety's gone but I've I've still got those bad habits of like downing your drinks get shots because I just wanted to get really drunk really quickly yeah Um, 
and I never yeah it's just been so normal for me to do that because I've done it from such a like from 18 I've not known anything about anything different mm. um and then yeah I just say I I just, I, I just I just used alcohol really just to get me kind of through it and then when, when I've like been in a relationship with guys, I've met them, but it's always been through alcohol. So I've either met them on nights out or just drinking and all my relationships have revolved around, yeah, we'll work Monday to Friday, but it's, it's like I've copied my parents a bit. Then on a weekend, we go out together and get really drunk. Um, so that's all I've done. But then when the alcohol was taken away from those relationships, it was like, actually, no, we don't even get on. Do you know? It's interesting. Um, yeah, it would just, what actually is this relationship? It's all just revolved around going out and getting drunk. And um, so my last, like, long-term relationship, we drank together and we had a good time together. Um, and then he had to swap jobs and he took a pay cut. So I was kind of, like, funding our relationship for about a year, um, which meant we couldn't go out drinking together. And then I just, when the alcohol kind of left the relationship, I was just like, oh, God, this relationship's not even, like, what is it? We don't even have anything in common. And mm-hmm. I then left the relationship because of that reason. I thought I want, at the time, I wanted to be with someone who wanted to go out and get drunk with me, uh, which is really bad, really. Like, looking back now, I think that is so bad. Um, and then my last relationship, which was, it was only a short relationship, but eight months. I think this is where it, kind of went even worse again um we were only together eight months but it was quite possessive so when I was going out with friends and getting drunk he would be quite emotionally manipulative in terms of like the next day he would speak to me or he'd like it it would be horrible to me or if I came home early he'd be he'd like praise me kind of thing it were a bit it were a bit odd so obviously I came out of that relationship but because I kind of took restricted my alcohol intake when I was with him. I went wild when he when I when we split up. So I think I was it were a point where I'm going out every Friday, every Saturday, not coming until five, six o'clock in the morning. I just thought, this is ridiculous. Like I can't I just can't do it. And then I'd be absolutely shattered from Sunday through to Thursday, and then it'd be back again. I'd be going out on Friday. It was just I was just fed up of that lifestyle and my anxiety was just so bad. Um, I'd be anxious like all week, paranoid, thinking, what have I done? Because I'd be getting that that drunk. I'd be blackout drunk. I'd have to text all my friends the next day, ask them what I'd done, if I'd done anything, and like get confirmation that I'd not embarrassed myself. And then I'd be checking my phone and I'd be, I'd rang loads of people and message loads of people. And it was just like, I can't, I can't carry on. Um, I can't, I can't do it anymore. So I just thought, I need to stop. <laughs> basically yeah. last when I decided to start the last time I drank was I went out on the Friday didn't get until six o'clock in the morning and that was with my cousin who's 10 years younger than me and I should have been looking after her but it was actually her looking after me and that was just so embarrassing and I, I had to text her and say what happened last night and I was like oh my god and then and then the Saturday so I woke up the Saturday morning and then went out again on like a work to do and then didn't get on till the next morning at six in the morning on Sunday. And I thought, I'm I'm fed up, can't do it. I'm um I'm too old, <laughs> too old for this lifestyle. But mm. I've I've always been the one that everyone's I was I'm the one that everyone texts and do you want to go on a night out? Because I'd be like mm. the one who'd get really drunk, get the shots in, and 
if like all my friends have got kids, so if they needed a night off, they'd message me, say, do you want to go out? And I'd always be like, yeah, let's just go out. And all my plans revolved around alcohol. And like, even if my friends didn't want to drink, I'd, I'd cleverly get alcohol involved because I wanted to do that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really selfish, really. I don't, I don't think I've realised until I've turned sober that it is, yeah, it's mm-hmm. life to revolve around alcohol and it shouldn't. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that's it, really. Yeah. It is, it's so interesting because I think that a lot of people fall into drinking or, you know, over-drinking through having to manage social anxiety it's just really really common and I do think as well um certainly in this country but I also think they probably have this in America too uh, with all the frat parties and things like that but you know when you when you go to university in this country and I don't know if it's changed since I was going to university or or you were going to university but everything is centered around alcohol isn't it I mean it's like it's so cheap to buy the alcohol you do even in your timetable it's like you do all these things these lectures and then it's you know go to this night go to the pub and it's just I do think that three years ramps up a lot of people's or cements a lot of people's drinking um, yeah, definitely. So it's like you go to the bar and you could go out with it out on ten pounds, and you get yeah, no. you get a taxi there, you get a taxi, and you get some chips on the way home, and you'd have like fifty p shots, and you drink like dregs of vodka that you had left at your house, and you'd just yeah. be absolutely smashed off ten pound. And it, don't get me wrong, I had, I had a really good time, but I just took it too far, just so I could yeah. get the confidence to kind of leave the house the next day and go to uni. It were really bad, really. But yeah. I couldn't get away with it. No one knew about it because I could hide it because everything you, you did was going out and getting drunk. So, And it'd just be funny if you were still drunk in your lectures. So it wouldn't mm. get away with it. But I did it because I had to, to get through it, if that made sense. But, yeah. 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 I've, I've, never, um, I've never personally suffered with social anxiety. Um, I don't think I have anyway. I, I guess I would know. Um, but yeah. I do know many people that have, and I and I can really understand how it's that kind of like calming your nerves thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's it's. I can understand how alcohol, you know, it does that job in those situations, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes when you look back, because I I had a friend um that said to me. But, you know, you did have such a good fun time, Terry, when you drank. And you know what? A lot of times I I did. But I think the problem, like you were just saying just then, the problem is that I couldn't couldn't keep it to just like, you know, the odd night here or there or just, you know, going out like once a month or something like that and having a a fun time. It just became like I always wanted to do it. Yeah. Every weekend you had to go out. And then when you were going out every weekend, for me personally, when I was in the working world, every weekend wasn't enough. It then became like wine Wednesdays, you know, and we'd be going out on Wednesday. Yeah, no, I was the same. Well, when I was was a student, I went out Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and it was just, I could never get enough of it. Yeah. I'd gone out every night. Yeah. But in COVID, when we when it was locked down, I moved in with my mum and dad. So I'd split up from my ex, and we had a house together. So I moved out, 
And then my mum and dad are really fun and they love a good drink. And um, yeah, we obviously, I think everyone drank loads in lockdown, so no else to do. But I'd be working from home and then my mum would be like, oh, do you want some Prosecco on a Wednesday night? And we'd be like, yeah. And it was red hot. So we'd just sit in the garden and just get really drunk. And then on Friday we did that. And then on Saturday, then on mm. Sunday, it was just, I had a good time. I don't regret it, but... We just drank, like, between us, we'd get through three bottles of Prosecco and we wouldn't be able to remember going to bed. And it was just like, this is ridiculous. But Yeah. Um, yeah. It's that thing, though, isn't it? It is. I think that that's, that's the challenge. It's like, yeah, you have that fun, but the price of that fun becomes too much. It becomes yeah. too high. And then I always, I don't know about you, but when I look back over, you know, the fun, I often ask myself could I have had fun still if I was in that situation without drinking it's just because I think when you drink and when you use alcohol for all the situations there's no reference point of what that looks like without alcohol so you don't you just you just immediately associate don't you fun with drinking because that's what you're doing yeah and celebrating if you've got something to celebrate oh let's get a bottle of prosecco let's celebrate and it's you don't have to celebrate with alcohol yeah we just live in that that world don't we where everything's revolved around alcohol but i I think now like those that are going to university now and like 18 19 20 i think they're a lot different now like my cousin's 19 20 and she don't really drink much, and her friends mm-hmm. don't. And I think it's all about what you look like now, which yeah. I'm not too sure if that's a good thing or not. But it's I suppose it's better than drink, drink, drink. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's like society's changing, and it's it's changing for the better. Um, I agree with that. I've got uh, younger nieces, and they definitely they definitely don't drink the way I was drinking at their age. So, you know, at kind of 22, I was sometimes drinking, I was drinking wine at home after my, after my day at work, I was in a shared house, you know, like back in those days. And um, I was definitely buying bottles of wine or, and having a bottle of wine in my room watching TV, like, and and they just, they, I, I think they would just find that crazy. They just yeah. wouldn't do it. They'd you wouldn't do a- that now. You wouldn't no. see a 20-year-old sat at home. I doubt it. No, or it's not. Have maybe one glass. Like, yeah. you know, but yes. I think, like, when I were 16, 17, 18, everything revolved around, oh, let's get drunk. It was cool to get drunk with your friends. Yeah. And have parties. And, um, yeah, it was just, like, the normal thing to do. Mm. You, didn't do you didn't do anything different. And then... Until I've got sober, I look back and think, I don't regret my past. Like, I don't regret going out and getting drunk. I've had really good times, but I've also had some really bad times. And I think yeah. if I'd have stopped drinking ages ago, I wonder what like my life would have been like now. But at least I've stopped now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think that yeah, because that you can't it, it's you can't live like that, can you? You know that that's what you have to you have to focus on. You know, at least you're here now. Because I I think that I stopped at forty one, which you know feels like that was a bit quite old, but then I see people stopping at fifty one and at sixty one, yeah. and they say the same thing. Like God, I wish I'd done it when. And I always think, but at least you're here now because I it all always 
makes me shudder when I think about what if I didn't get to the point where it just got too much. I find yeah. that more, more frightening than, yeah. you know what I mean? That, that's I find that harder than looking back and having regrets. I'm the same as you. I don't have regrets you can't you can't have regrets really because it's done, you know? Yeah. It's done. And you, you did have a good time. Like yeah. I, I did I have had really good I've had like the best nights out ever, like drunk, but it's just the aftermath. I think as I've got older, like I suffered really bad anxiety, then I were okay. And then it started coming back again and it's just got worse. Like the anxiety just got really bad and it only only ever came if I drank. So that's my kind of primary reason why I've stopped because I just I can't handle the the aftermath of the anxiety and the paranoia just yeah. kind of well if you, your friend texts you don't open it because you think oh my god what are they telling me I've done now or mm. like for me to know where I went on the night out I'd have to check my Monzo bank account to tell me where I bought drinks to even know where I went so I couldn't remember, yeah, I remember I'm surprised I've not been like in a back alley somewhere to be honest I'm surprised I've made it home in one piece because yes. the I used to get in were just embarrassing <laughs> I I was the same and uh it it that yeah that's quite scary I always say that I used to drink like somebody was gonna take me home that's yeah. the way that I always drank I drank and I just got out of it and yeah. you know I suppose fortunately for all those times over nearly three decades it was always <laughs> a friend or a boyfriend that yeah. managed to get me home safe but that's re- it is really frightening like when you think about the and it's unfair time. putting that responsibility on someone yes. else as well but at the time you're a bit selfish really without well, realizing it. it yeah thinking I'm having a good time I don't care I'll be yeah. fine and then other people got to pick up the pieces and and then the next day you're thinking oh god I'm so sorry but then you do it again you do again doing it again yeah and once I have won I can't stop because I just I just want to be like I I get foremost I just want to be involved and I have to be like Mm. I like to be like the drunkest and as I just used to see the point what's the point having won like it's a waste of calories what's the point yeah well, yeah, and then in lockdown as well, because I got re- into my running as well as I was drinking a lot, but I got into running um, and lost quite a bit of weight, actually. But I'd, I'd like, sacrifice my, my, my dinner so I could have a bottle of Prosecco, so it'd be the same amount of calories. I mean, it'd just be like, how much really bad? Mm. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have my dinner and I'd have a 500-calorie bottle of Prosecco. Mm. Like that, yeah. I wanted that more. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, really. yeah. Yeah, it does. It's like you said earlier, it does make you quite, it makes you quite selfish. Um, I think drinking makes you selfish and quite self-centered, even though you can't really see that at the time. And it is just, you're just so hyper-focused on the alcohol to the point where, you know, I remember when I was out, if people were going for dinner um, at sort of 7.30, 8 o'clock yeah. in the evening after work, you know, in a bar having drinks. If people went off for dinner, I used to hate them. Be like, what yeah. are you doing? No, yeah, I'm not coming for dinner. No, you want to just go <laughs> out? No, I'm going to stay here and just drink more wine. And I <laughs> never went for dinner. Never. Yeah. In not, yeah. not, or I went for dinner and I just use it as an opportunity to order a bottle of wine to the table and to drink more. And so yeah. all those nights after work, I was always drinking like quite hard, really. 
and in the middle of the week and and they're not eating properly and it's just like what do you think it's just like the toll it must take on your body it's yeah, yeah. it's mad it's isn't bad. it so thinking about the day that you woke up so um I know you mentioned that you, you went out a couple of times didn't you over that weekend and got in sort of 6am yeah. and you just sounds like you got fed up of feeling fed up you know yeah um, like so what what did you do on you know on that first day what did you do to support yourself um I can't remember it too clearly but I just remember thinking oh no I can't put myself through this anymore I just started my new job and I just I needed to be and my head was just so fuzzy I just I, I thought I need to change so I got I'd say I was more sober curious so I stopped drinking I think it was like the end of November after nights out and then for a month, I did it for a month, and I was, it was basically Instagram. I think I came across your page, actually, and you inspired me. So I thought, actually, I could do this. Like, it never crossed my mind before, like, never. Even though I knew it was a problem, I never, it just wouldn't even be an option for me to, to quit alcohol. But then I thought, right, for a month, let's just do it. And then I did. And then I was going to carry on doing it. And then it got to Christmas Day, and Christmas for my family is a big, boozy it's, it's really full of alcohol basically so Christmas Eve we always have a party and I lasted like Christmas Eve I didn't drink then Christmas day morning we all woke up and then my brother-in-law looked at me and said oh go on Beck have a drink and I was like no and then my mum was like yeah go on have a drink well I did didn't I so at 10 o'clock in the morning we were on the champagne and then after my first drink I was drunk and I just I just went crazy like literally can't remember eating my Christmas dinner got really drunk can't remember going to bed I think Apparently, I walked into a neighbour's house, went to the wrong house, stood in the kitchen at like one in the morning, and they was like, who are you? And I'm like, oh, sorry, wrong house. Oh, God. Oh, Christmas Day night, like, who even does that? So I woke up the next morning, and my anxiety was, was that bad. Even though I'd not actually done anything wrong, it was just so bad. I just thought, I, I physically cannot put myself through this anxiety ever again. And then the whole of Christmas week... I just kind of hibernated in my house. I just ate Jaffa cakes and chocolate because I just felt so sorry of myself. I couldn't, I was just too anxious to like leave the house. And that's when I joined Thrive Group, actually. Um, and I remember having my first session and it was just really positive. And I thought, yeah, I can do this. And I think since then, because my anxiety was so bad at that point, I just, it, it just it put me off and I, I just can't ever see myself wanting to put myself through that ever again. So yeah, that's why I've, wow. that's why I've, everyone stuck to it really it's amazing I didn't I, I didn't know that yeah that when you joined Thrive it was off the back of that I mean you might might have mentioned at the time but I didn't realize like now I just think god that's so cool in some ways you kind of jumped in in that moment where yeah you're just kind of probably feeling quite desperate um yeah. and yeah it just feels it's I yeah I love the stories because it always just feels so lovely to hear about yeah well I that. said to my um I said to all my fam my family I said right that's it now and my mum was like because I I was always my mum's drinking partner like we just yeah. buddies and I think she's like a bit gutted that I don't drink really like truthfully but they were like, oh, you won't stick to it. There's no yeah. chance. There's no chance. And then now I'm like four, over four months in, they're like, oh, my God. Like, I cannot believe you've managed to stick to it. Like, you've been the least person I'd expect to start drinking. Um, but, yeah, I just feel so much better for it. It's like a whole new life. And I'm 
learning all this. I'm learning like who I am, and it's yeah. bizarre. It's like I've gone back to my early teens, and I'm like learning who I am again, and I've got like a second chance in life. If that makes sense. It's really weird. Yeah, and it's just well, you'll you'll know, but it's just amazing. I love that. It is it is a bit like a second chance, isn't it? It is yeah. it is I find it quite weird that you can get to the age where you stop drinking. So for me, obviously, you know, very early 40s, and then you just sort of realize that well, I don't really actually know who I am. I know yeah. who, I know who I've been all this time, and I and I know that I was very good at playing a part of being what other people wanted me to be yeah certainly that kind of you know very party bit record yeah that was always showing up you know with the you know two bottles too many (laughs) (laughs) and just kind of making everyone just go too hard but and I'd 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 had that identity all through my 20s and all through my 30s and then when I stopped drinking 41 I and I took that away and I didn't have that person to sort of rely on you know lean back on should I say um it was like right well who am I then (laughs) and it's quite quite weird isn't it but yeah it's weird and it's really eye-opening but it's also it is really cool at the same time because you do just start to like for me I was going out in social situations after I got sober and realizing that I wasn't dominating them yeah, I was sober, and actually, I quite liked that. That's I think exactly like me. That to be yeah. fair, like the the kind of loud one and the, yeah. the getting the party going, and then obviously now I've taken a step back. I'm not that person anymore, and yeah. but I'm happy to watch other people be like that yes. because I just think, well, I'm not going to be on over tomorrow, and you are. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think there's also um, there's also just that clarity when you're in those social situations as well and you're having conversations and it makes me realize that you can really have to be like you can have really interesting conversations yeah. when you socialize that I think when I was drinking I I literally wouldn't be able to remember any conversations the next morning no, God no. No. I'd be talking all night as well <laughs> God knows what I was saying yeah. do you know what I mean but then when you stop drinking and you go to social situations and you and you you just kind of like the way that I phrase it is like you're plugged in to the moment yeah. and you have these you, all the words come to you you sort of like you know what to say and and you you don't like for me personally I like I was saying I don't I don't dominate I sort of step back I listen to other people I quite enjoy yeah. listening to other people like yeah I've never done it before so it's all that sort of stuff I think that starts to unravel and that is it is actually really nice and it is really nice to sort of be a bit like blend into the background a bit rather than always yeah. being like on the kitchen table under the lamp you know gyrating <laughs> like, or whatever yeah. goes on um so yeah okay so uh, in that first week, then you happen to jump into Thrive, and obviously on Thrive, there's 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 that support. But what else did you do for yourself in that kind of first hundred days or so? Which which is so lovely because yeah. still kind of fairly fresh for you, and I think I think listeners will love this. Yeah, so I joined Thrive. That was mass. That was so helpful because obviously it's full of people exactly like me. So having that support group was just amazing. Um, I started reading Alan Carr. You, you love Alan Carr's Easy Way. 
but we yeah. start drinking that as, yeah. as much as it's very repetitive it's a bit of a boring read it's a really good read because mm. it really 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 helps so I think yeah. reading quickly and po- your podcast and other podcasts because you don't I think in your first 30 days you just think it's you that's got a problem but yeah. actually it's really normal and it's all right to talk to people about it and and, and listen to the people it you, you kind of feel you're not on your own mm. so um that was very helpful so I literally listened to podcasts and read every day I still do now to be fair but then my, I just I created an Instagram page just for my own accountability really yeah um, I didn't want anyone I knew following it so I thought they're just going to take the mickey out of me so yeah. I'll just be slightly anonymous um, yeah. and then just having like the fo- like following people and having the followers and posting like inspirational things and comparison mm. pictures and I think my Instagram are like the biggest help for me because yeah. that community on there is amazing like I had yeah. someone literally just message me before saying thanks for posting because you're helping me and I'm like oh my god like, I'm, oh. Glad I'm doing it to help myself really yeah yeah um, but it's yeah I'd say Instagram were massive for me still is I love posting every day and seeing everyone else's posts and I really love your Insta page I love the comparisons um what look comparisons. <laughs> yeah no I think it honestly I think it's really good really inspirational uh, what is the Insta page because we'll just put that bit in here actually because it seems um friendly. it's called it's the full stop sober underscore leads full stop last yeah the sober leads last excellent um yeah give becky a follow she's got a really really good page and yeah i love i'm i think the visuals are so powerful of when you do that whole that before and after can we talk about this reframing a lot in thrive but it is so powerful if you can just have that mindfulness in everyday life of, you know, even this weekend, um, you know, it's a long weekend in the UK. It's um, it's actually the King's Coronation weekend. Um, and I'm going to a party after this garden party, my neighbours. And it's just, I always think about what would this have been like if I was yeah. still drinking you know, like I just, I, I, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Number one, um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have bothered making my 1980s quiche, Lorraine. Just, <laughs> I would have just bought something because I'd just be more focused on buying the bubbly. Um, yeah. I'd have like loads of bottles in the fridge to take, but I would probably finish what I'm doing. You know, if I was doing this podcast or not, I would then have a drink before I went. And basically, yeah. when I go to this party later, hardly anyone will be drinking. It just yeah. won't be. There's just lots of, you know, there's lots of uh, kind of uh, families with, with young kids. And it's just not, they're not a boozy um, set of friends. And they yeah. don't have really boozy friends either. So I would have definitely been overdoing it yeah. <laughs> in that environment. And I just, I find it so powerful that, well, I don't know, I've kind of just trained my brain to to do that very quick bit of reframing I always do things like that and I just I always then feel grateful that I don't oh definitely I'd I'd have been this weekend I'd have been like I've I've stayed at my friends last night and I'm I'm off to see my other friends tonight instead of us and normally I'd be like right we're going out we're getting drunk and I've been so over the whole weekend but like it's just I can't even explain like how amazing like my life's changed now like I look forward to bank holidays, I look forward to sleeping, waking up with a coffee, I, wait, I have the best sleep ever, 
I wake up early and I've got like the whole day ahead of me and I've got no anxiety and I'm just full of energy and it's just such a liberating feeling. It's, yeah. it's and when people ask me like, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, you get through the heart, like the first 30 to 60 days were hard, the hardest yeah. because you're trying to unassociate alcohol with everything you're doing. And, and re kind of direct it to being sober so once you've kind of gone like I've got so many different experiences that I need to go for because I'm still early days but when you have kind of you've had a bank holiday about alcohol you think oh I can do it and I've actually had a better time not drinking and I felt amazing and I went to work on the Tuesday and everyone else was still tired and I were really kind of aware and, and ready to go so it's just the best best thing I've ever done in my life. Like literally, if anyone ever wanted to do it, I, I could. Like I was the type of person that uh, people would be like, "There's no chance you could go sober," but it's such a good feeling proving them wrong. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I think that's the way you described that as well. It's it is about, isn't it? Just getting through that first bit, really. Yeah. But also as well, just having that real proper commitment. And I, and I do think sometimes that people want to stop drinking, but maybe they kind of want it 95%. And, and yeah, and then you not. use the excuse of, oh, well, I've got a party tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah but just, just don't drink. But it's, yeah. you've got to want to do it. And I think you've got to have that reason behind it. Because yeah. every, so many people, like my mum says, I wish I could stop drinking or... Like my mum's not an alcoholic, by the way. She's going to kill me when she listens to this because she's like, "Why have you made me out to be an alcoholic?" She she just likes to drink on a weekend. But yeah. people will say like, "Oh, I want to stop drinking," but they obviously don't want it enough. No, you've got to get to that breaking point where you think, "I can't physically carry on like this anymore," yeah. and that's the only week. Well, for me, I could change really. Yeah, I think um, I think that's yeah, that's absolutely spot on, and um, and I think probably people struggle the most with that flicking that switch of yeah. being like yeah I'm I'm really ready um and I suppose if 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 we could tell people how to get there well then we'd cure the whole world wouldn't we but yeah. um but it is about I think for me I always think that that when I look back to when I stopped drinking I really felt like on my kind of day one that the pain of stopping drinking didn't mm. feel as bad as the pain yeah. of carrying on. Yeah, yeah. Just agreed. living the life that I was in. Because that yeah. was, I was just, I was so fed up. I was so burnt yeah. out with it all. <laughs> yeah, it just takes over your life, doesn't it? And you're yeah. just mentally exhausted. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, it's, because I people said to me, right, well, don't get so drunk. Then why don't you try moderate? So I tried. Yeah, it work. It's harder to try to moderate than it is just to stop completely. I definitely, found. definitely, yeah. because you're when you're moderating, when your people like us um, that aren't already successfully moderating, because we always, you know, have one and then can't stop, or yeah, just always going, you know, too too hard kind of thing. Um, then you're it becomes an obsession it becomes a mental obsession yeah. as well it's like constantly you're you just you just you're weighed down by the thoughts of 
trying not to drink too much and when you're allowed to drink next and and then you kind of you know you, you have the drinking and then afterwards you recover from the drinking and then you move straight back into that moderation obsessing about drinking thinking and it's like it's so tiring I know and like when you're out I'd be like I drink faster than everyone else again I think it's because of like previous but I'd literally like nearly finished my drink and it'd be like someone else was around and I'd be like looking at them thinking, why have you only had one sip? Hurry up. I want another drink. Yeah. And I'd be constantly staring at them like, come yeah. on. Yeah, it's yeah. too tiring. It's horrible. And it, I remember being at the table as well when you were out for dinner or something with 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 people. Not so much friends because with friends you can just go give us a bottle of give us a bottle here kind of thing. Yeah. But if I was in a situation where I was with uh, like a boyfriend's parents and having did all yeah. just a, so, a, so, a social situation where I couldn't be my annoying self too much yeah. but and then they would be pouring drink and I would swear that they poured slightly more in their drink than mine and, and just like <laughs> things like that and it's just it's yeah. so, like it's a horrible place to be it's in that place where you think I've got three millimeters less yeah I, I did the have. same I'd be like saying to the barman top it up you've only poured three quarters in there <laughs> top and it's just like you'd be stood watching him pouring it and you're thinking carry on carry on yeah it's ridiculous ridiculous. yeah um so talk about like what I'm quite interested because you 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 obviously your friends and you're still very sociable how has that transition of being kind of drunk Becky friend to sober Becky bit. To be honest, like it, it depends. I've got diff- loads of different friendship groups. I've got somewhere they they got it because they really want me to get drunk with them, but it's tough basically. <laughs> but then I've got quite like my really close friends, they're really happy I've stopped. So I'm very thankful I've got really good friends because they don't have to kind of look after me anymore and they can do things that they like they like to go on walks and things are and do things that didn't involve alcohol so they're really happy now because I now want to do that with them so it's been I've been really lucky um but like I'm just at my friends now and I normally drink with these these guys um but it's it like I stayed over last night we watched a film them two had like wine I had my alcohol free Peroni and I was I was happy so I wasn't missing out I was still doing exactly the same then I woke up this morning and I had the best sleep ever and then I actually asked my friends this morning, I said, how do you feel this morning? And they said, oh, a bit groggy. And I was like, well, I feel amazing. And um, <laughs> it was just, I still have missed out and I've had a good night. And then tonight I'll be like chilling with my friends. So it hadn't really, it's it's not had any negative impact at all. That's it, brilliant. It's only on like certain groups of friends where I would only see them if I was going out drinking. So I'd probably say I haven't seen them as much, which is fine. Yeah. But I tend to plan to see, like, do different things with them now, or I'll just go and not drink, and I'm happy with that. So, yeah, I'd say it's been quite a smooth... They've been really supportive, really, so it's helped massively. That's uh, nice. But at the start, I did have to remove myself from the, the groups mm. of people who drank. I had to just... To, I had to hibernate, basically, for, like, at least the first 30, 40 days because I just wouldn't have been able to do it. yeah. Um, until I built that strength and thought, no, I can go out. I don't need to drink. That's when I started going out. But I have, as much as, as I used to love going out, but I've realised going out is okay for a couple of hours, but then you get a bit, I think to have a really good time going out, you have to drink. Well, I do anyway. So I, I don't really go out as much because I'm not bothered anymore. I'd rather go 
I know it sounds a bit lame, but I'd rather go to Lake District and go climb a mountain or mm. do other things like that. I'll just go for food. Mm. Um, like, yeah, I literally spent all my money on food now. Like going out, <laughs> going out for dinner and breakfast, I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you redefine fun, though, don't you? And that's yeah. okay. Like, that is okay to do that because I know that working with people one of the things that I think people worry about a lot is how they'll have fun and what happened you know where what is what does their place in their friendship group look like when they're not drinking um and I think that if you can shift into a place where you say well it's I I enjoy that going out with people for kind of two hours and then it gets annoying and boring so I go but actually what I do instead is I get up early and I do this and I do that and I do, you know, or I plan these sorts of activities with friends. And it's not because you're absolutely right. Like I can't think of anything worse than going to a bar for four hours on a Friday night. I would just wouldn't want to do it. It's not it's my idea of fun. Yeah, yeah you do. You do. Um, and you don't really go to catch up with mates because you could do that. Yeah, uh, over, over dinner or having a coffee or going for a walk mm. so you go to those places to drink yeah if you don't drink those places are only fun for one or two hours yeah before everyone gets wasted so I always find that in those situations I'm ha- I'm happy to go seven till nine if I go I don't go very often but if I go it's like yeah, yeah. I'll go seven till nine or nine thirty and then I'll be like bye-bye yeah <laughs> go home to do something else like I don't have any interest in staying there until eleven or half eleven. That's 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 boring. So I think it's it's about opening up, opening your mind to the fact that you just find other things fun and that's okay. It's not yeah, that not fun but anymore. I found like my relationships with people have got a lot better. Just yeah. like rather than sat in a bar and getting really drunk and not even remembering what you spoke about. Just actually going for a coffee and speaking to them, your relationships get better, and you because you remember, you remember everything, and you yeah. you can have a proper conversation, and yeah, it's just that just means more to me now than going out and getting really drunk where I can't remember what I'm doing. Yeah. I just go for coffee or socialise. You actually socialising properly when you're not drinking because you're actually having like meaningful conversations and. Yeah, your relationships are much stronger, I'd say, and your connections with people. And you realise, I think you realise who your proper friends are as well. Mm-hmm. I think those that are just, oh, we don't drink now, so I'm not bothered about doing stuff with you, That that's fine. Like, we, you, you get to realise that, but just think you realise who your proper friends are, definitely. Yeah. And again, that's okay. Like, I do think that friends come and go anyway throughout yeah. life. You, you're not going to... you know be connected with all the people that you knew in your 20s or your 30s you know when you're in your 60s or 70s it's just some you will with some obviously some connections last a lifetime and some are circumstantial or you know through work or maybe when you have families but some friends just do come come and go or they kind of fizzle in and and fizzle out and I think that's okay yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So what do you think, if you were to reflect um, on the past 100 or so days, what would have been the most difficult thing for you? What's been the most, what's been the biggest challenge? Um, definitely 
Oh, it's a tough one. I'd say don't do don't try and stay sober and then six hours trying to go on a diet at the same time. That was just ridiculous. Mm. So I was trying to obviously stop drinking and then not eat so much crap. Yeah. But do it, and then I just it got to a point when I thought I don't have any fun in my life now, and I nearly, yeah. I nearly, I nearly just thought, sack it. I'm gonna have give me a prosecco. So I definitely say do not try and just stick to one thing, like one focus. And if you need chocolate, eat it because obviously you get the sugar. Um, you want loads of sugar, don't you, when you stop drinking? So just just eat it. Start the diet out later, definitely. Um, what was the question? Sorry, I've so what what have you? What's been the biggest challenges or biggest yeah. challenges? Um, Going, yeah, first 30 days, I'd say, was the hardest. I, I had to hibernate, so I, I did feel quite lonely because I am such a social butterfly. Mm. I'd say that was the hardest, but for me, I had to do that because if I went, if I went out in a drinking social situation, I would have drank. So you do feel, I felt lonely, um, and you feel like you haven't really got much of a life because your life drastically changed. And I think... You, you go, I went through a bit of like mood swings, to be honest, because you can't just go out and do that normal life that you did. And I kind of struggled to understand who I was and what my likes were and what I wanted to do without alcohol. So I'd say that was a difficult part, but just be consistent and just stick with it. And then over time, your mood gets a lot better and you have more energy to do things and you start working out actually who I am and what I want to do. And it just... It's like a cloud's gone and then the sun comes. That's how I oh, see it. That's um, I that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think just be being persistent. It's hard to stick to something for a long period of time. And it's like Alan Carr said, it's not down to willpower. It feels like it is for the first 30 days because for me it was. It was willpower. But after the willpower, I think it's more, actually, I'm feeling better for this. And then it makes you want to continue doing it. So I'd say... First thirty days were hardest for me, definitely. But yeah. now it feels like I am very early in my sobriety journey, of course, and I've got to do like a sober wedding and I've got to do all these different things. But you get more confident as time goes on because you feel the benefits and you just feel so good. You just think, I'm just really not bothered anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Amazing. Um, I think I yeah, I think I think the very beginning is definitely the hardest bit. Mm. But, um, obviously there are other challenges that come along and the emotions I was crying for like no reason I'm like what is wrong with me yeah I get past it that's normal it's fine I think I have learned as well so I used to use alcohol to block my emotions out mm. but not recently I've, I've realized that it's fine to have emotions it's okay yes. and it's good and you've got to just stick by it and let let you let yourself have the emotions and then once you've got through it you feel stronger mm. and you feel even more like, I'm not yeah. saying that every day is amazing, because it's not. Like, you do have days where you think, oh, but then the next day is amazing. So it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just such a better lifestyle for me anyway. It's been the best thing I've ever done. Oh, it really sounds it as well. Like, you know, you're so positive about it and just really glowing and it's lovely. And just I just wish I could tell the world. Like, yeah, I know. It's, it's just so bad, isn't it, to think that you get all of this just from stopping drinking. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's like being like in a little secret club or something, isn't it? You just want yeah. everyone to to but see, yeah. yeah, and to I try think it as well. Like as well, in my first kind of sixty days, I'd say when when I did start going out, 
and people are like, oh, why not drinking? I wore a bit anxious to say, oh, I've just stopped. And I did tell them why. I said, oh, my anxiety is bad. And they was like, all right. But I think that was quite hard. But then now I'm like, I love telling people I don't drink. Like I went to a social thing yesterday and I, people said, oh, you're not drinking. I said, oh, no, I don't drink. I choose not to drink. And if you say it confidently, no one really batters an eyelid. They're like, all oh, right, cool. And I just yeah. feel really proud to actually say it now. So yeah. I think it is a bit of, it is a tack, like it's, it's a challenge at the start telling people you don't drink because you do get questions. Um, but I think once you then, you are so passionate about it and you're confident in saying it, it's, it's easy because you want to tell. I I'm a, I bore people because I'm like, oh, I feel amazing. <laughs> and they're like, for God's sake, shut up. But I'm, yeah, but I just carry on telling them because I just, I just think it's brilliant. <laughs> I know it's so funny I love that um I've definitely cornered people and banged on about how amazing it's being so and it's and it's um you know sober is the new black I think it's becoming cool you know it's it's certainly even in the four years I've not um had a drink there is a difference today compared to four years ago you know four years ago It's like, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna stop drinking, you know, because I have a problem, you know, that's what everyone's yeah. looking at. Whereas now I, I I definitely think it is becoming a little bit more normal. And I do think it will become cool. I think it'd be the cool thing, you know, to not do. So, all right, so why don't we um why don't we talk about what your three tips would be uh to people that yeah. are trying to get sober or who are sober and maybe struggling. Definitely the books, Alan Carr, definitely. There's so many so many sober books out there that you can read. So definitely books um, and do that every day. Listen to podcasts. Your podcasts were amazing. Like it's just everyday people so you can easily relate. Um, and then social media as well, um, I'd say. And yeah, just, just be consistent and just don't let anyone try and persuade you. Um, yeah. And I would... If if you know you're having a struggle in a social situation, just don't go. Yeah, just don't go. And then when you build that confidence up, then you can start to go. And then I don't know, have an alcohol-free beer. So I'd say they they were the help that that they really helped me. That's yeah. how I went through it anyway. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? It it doesn't have to be overly complicated, does it? You know, it is like you like you say it is. I think the one that really sticks out there for me as well is the consistency. And, you know, we talk about this a lot in Thrive as well, but it's it's doing the work even when, even when you feel good and you think you don't need it, certainly when you feel like you can't be bothered, it's just doing it a little bit every day because that lays the foundation which you can stand strong on. Yeah. You do go into those, um, you know, sober social or those first social situations. And, um, yeah, I just think that that consistent drip feeding of information. Yeah, put, it, put a podcast on in the car and listen to it. Like, it does – in fact, I was driving to my friend's house and when I go to, normally go to their house, we always drink. So the first time I went going sober – 
I were at, this was like, I don't know, 50 days in. I were contemplating, oh, I could have a drink. And thought, no, put a Sassy Sober Mum podcast on. And I did. And then I got there and I was like, no, I'm not drinking. And I was so <laughs> confident that I won't bother about drinking. So they were really helpful for me, definitely. Oh, I love that. That makes my heart feel warm. It's yeah, just definitely. Cool I love thing. podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so cool to think. Because I, I basically with this podcast I created what I really relied on in the early days as well I used to listen to a podcast called the bubble hour which is a Canadian lady um and she's got such a lovely voice as well Jean McCarthy her name is and that was all just stories and I basically binged that every day you know, yeah. and, and and I was the same, you know, whenever I felt a wobble or I had anxiety about something or I was nervous or it doesn't matter, like I would put one of those podcasts on uh, or, or some other ones. And I would just, you always get at least one thing from a podcast yeah, or definitely. from reading a bit of a book. You you learn one little thing and, and those little things add up over time massively um, and building your um your confidence up in situations as well because yeah. I, I like the first half an hour it still can be a little bit difficult I won't say difficult for me but a bit like oh I wish I would drink sometimes I do say oh, I wish I could have a drink but just for a split second but if you just wait half an hour and yeah. you have your, your your alcohol-free drink and then after half an hour passes and you you're comfortable in that situation you're actually really happy you haven't drank so yes. I'd say that's um don't get persuaded in that first half an hour. Just get your get your Coca Cola or your alcohol free mocktail, and then yeah, bang. That's right. And you just have to try it. Like just try, just try your best not to give in to the thoughts or the cravings, because I think I think sometimes people think because they have a thought, they have to act on it because the thoughts there in you know it's in their head now. But it's definitely not like that. Like you can have yeah. the thought, you can notice the thought. You'd be like, yeah. I'm onto you, thought. I know you're trying to make me drink. Yeah, maybe I feel like I want that drink right now, but I'm just gonna follow this process. I'm gonna have a cup, I'm gonna have a coke or I'm gonna have a cup of tea or whatever. And I'm just gonna try and not do anything about it for 10 or 15 minutes or half mm. an hour. And you know, it always passes by. And then you're you know you're driving home you've got your music on you're driving home you feel buzzing and then you go into bed and then you wake up and you think I am so glad I didn't drink last night <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am <laughs> such a rock star yeah. <laughs> <It's just laughs> amazing don't you? you feel so proud of yourself because yeah. you've got so much data of waking up the complete opposite you know yeah. and it's like to wake up and know that you didn't do that and you were the new, better version of yourself. I just think that oh, that's priceless. And I, I think I've got more confident in social situations now without drinking it with alcohol. That probably started causing it. To be honest, isn't and that like, weird as well? People and just getting involved, and I'm still the loud one, and I'm not even drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And people say to me a lot of the time as well, as I'm sure they do to you. Like, you don't even need alcohol. Like, you're you're just perfect. You know, you're 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 fun without it, sort of thing. But I I do find that quite interesting with you, though. Obviously, one of the big motivations to drink in the beginning for you was to get through the social side. Yeah. And so now, not only has the anxiety gone, but you have you 
how has how has that happened? You know, have you have you realised that you're actually not socially anxious, or that you maybe you've grown out of it, or you know what? Grown out of it, definitely. So yeah, I used I did have social about social anxiety, drank for that, and then the anxiety's gone over time. But then it's it's alcohols then made me get anxiety because obviously the aftermath of drinking, yeah. and then now I've stopped drinking. I don't have I don't have anxiety at all. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm the confident kid that I used to be when I was like when I was like eleven years old. Oh, like, I love I that. I don't care what people think, and yes. yeah, it feels really good to not have any anxiety at all. It's brilliant. I also think that's so nice as well because I don't know about you, but I feel like I spent most of my adult life worrying about what people thought of me, and yeah. now I genuinely don't care. Yeah, it's so, and that's not to say that I'm I'm not being arrogant about that. You know, I wouldn't be rude to somebody and think oh, I don't care. I just I I don't my my thoughts aren't focused on what everyone else is thinking of me anymore. Yeah. I make decisions because inside me they feel like the right decisions and I just I'm so empowering that is and I I definitely think sobriety gave that to me and I yeah. definitely think if I was still drinking now I'd still be doing all the old behaviors that I'd that I've managed to shed now like the people pleasing and the worrying about what people think and just you know all the stuff that you know feeling low in myself and having low yeah. self I just think all of that would still be there, and and that yeah. you know, getting sober has 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 rubbed all that out. It's gone. Yeah, definitely amazing. Oh, it's been so lovely. It's been such a nice chat, and um, I'm super super happy that we managed to get this um, in the diary. And yeah, because this is a weekend for us, so it was a bit last minute, yeah. wasn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just got one more question. What would you say to yourself looking back at Becky on day one? What would you say to yourself to give yourself some comfort? Keep going. Don't feel guilty about eating all the Jaffa kits and the quality streets. Just eat them and you'll you'll get there and it'll be well worth it. So just carry on. <laughs> That's lovely. You've been an absolute superstar. Thank you so much, Becky. Really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone else. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.